everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm definitely still in celebration mode after Parramatta Eels win last night. I'm your host Mary Kay and very lucky to be joined in the studio this morning by Amanda Shalala from Fox Sports. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in on such a dreary cold Saturday morning. Oh so happy to be here. Love what you're doing with Ladies with League so really glad to be a part of it. Hooray and we also found this guy wandering around <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs from, from some company called Fit Services. His name's Brian Fletcher. Good morning. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, girls. Good morning, Cooper Silk, who's also here taking photos. Now, lovely to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Now, I think the big issue of the week that I wanted to talk about was Chris Gale. Did either of you read his comments in the newspaper this week about Mel McLaughlin? Yes, basically mm. saying that. Oh God, referring back to that "Don't Blush" baby why? interview. Why do we have to keep talking about because it? Because he is a grade A tool. <laughs> he is. This guy he is. I mean, you've got to say it how it is. He's a massive douchebag, and he is a sexist. We've got to call it for what it is. He's a sexist. He approached her in her workplace with sexual harassment, essentially. Okay, not a really serious level, but we've still got to call it out when it happens wherever we might see it. And now he's dredging it up again because he just loves the publicity no matter what, saying that she knew what she was in for. She knew that I was a sexist pig, essentially. Paraphrasing there, of course. (laughs) Yeah, so in relation to Mel, he said, you know, you're a woman in an environment with men. You're good looking. What do you expect? People are going to make jokes. I've seen people kiss the same Mel on live television. There are double standards. All the commentary guys found it amusing, but then someone whispered in their ears and everything was blown out of proportion. Um, The comment that he said, you're a woman in an environment with men, that really bothered me. Um, Sport is not an environment for men. It's an environment for everyone. Men and women should absolutely feel welcome. And his comments towards Mel were absolutely inappropriate. She's in her workplace and... You know, if I'm in a meeting at work, I don't expect to be called baby. I think I don't think that's too much to ask. Oh, definitely. And there are more and more, if we're talking about female sports broadcasters, sports journalists, there are so many of us now in the industry. And if we can't be treated with the same respect and dignity as male broadcasters, then it's a very sad world that we live in, I think. We should be treated fairly. And I wonder why he's brought this up. I think he's written a book recently, but it really surprises me that he's got the thought process to be able to write a book. I mean, how many ghostwriters do you guys think he has? Well, I think that's – I think you've hit the nail on the head yeah. there. I think he's – someone in the background has said to him, look, we're not selling as many books as we thought we were. We <laughs> I wonder were. why. And let's make a uh, a bit of a, a scandal and he's – yeah, but I think we all agree that, yeah, he – you just – there's no place for, for doing that. I mean, maybe over in the West Indies. He's saying that there's a culture over there but not over here. It was. I was watching it live, and when it came on, I just thought, "Uh oh, you just can't be doing anything like that." It just wasn't great. No. I mean, a lot of people said that it had been blown out of proportion, but I think that's the world we live in, where everyone's got a Twitter account, everyone's got a Facebook account, everyone's able to talk about it. I think on the night, I said, "Look, this isn't appropriate, but let's move on." It's just not good enough. I didn't want to give any more fire to, 
you know, what I thought was a- another example of basically Chris Gale being an idiot. Yeah. And I, I hope we don't welcome, back, welcome him back next BBL season. We don't need that in the game. The BBL is a fantastic product. There are some amazing players out there. We get some great international marquees. We don't need someone like him bringing in his ridiculous headlines and, and degrading some of the finest journalists we have in this country who happen to be women. But Mel, Mel actually handled herself really she well. Did, she did. She's a legend. She? She's the yeah. best. We, we love Mel. And Fletch, I want to ask, do you think this would ever happen in the NRL? I don't no. think it would. No, it wouldn't. Definitely it, it, it would not. I mean, the, the kids coming through now are, are educated and um, it, it just – I mean – I suppose Aaron Molan is, is always around and Lara Pitt. So the players, Avon Samson. Yeah. Avon Samson, yeah. yeah. So the players I know are petrified of, of those girls. <laughs> um, only because the way they get asked their questions, especially Lara, she has got all their players shaking in their boots. But I think that's the <laughs> point in that we often talk about NRL as being this male-dominated environment. But then when we think about it, I think the NRL is leading the way. Yvonne was the first female journalist to ever host State of Origin. You've got Erin Mullen and you've got Lara Pitt doing outstanding things mm. on the sidelines and in the commentary boxes. And so Megan, Megan Barnett. Yeah, well, yeah Megan, Megan as well. Megan actually, uh, when we had that double header, she was on the sideline, so she was doing a bit of a sideline eye with Andy Raymond. I think she's they're going to do it again. It was it was a success. So maybe we're not too far away from a female calling a game. Wouldn't that be outstanding? I think that's yeah. a really positive note to leave this segment on. Go away, Chris Gale. <laughs> Enter the room of Von Sampson. That's what we want to hear. We'll be back in a sec. Let's talk about the game that happened last night between the Eels and the Rabbitohs. The Eels got over the line 30 points to 12 and being a Parramatta fan, I was very, very excited Amanda, who were your standouts last night? What did you think of the game? Well, in terms of the Eels semi, I always love seeing what he can do, mm-hmm. setting up a try. And then that one right at the end, the 90-metre intercept try. My He's... whole family was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the speed, it's the footwork as well to weave through defenders. Uh, he His rugby league nous is growing with mm-hmm. each game and it's an absolute delight to see a player of that calibre in rugby league and to... To have that, that speed especially, is really exciting to watch. That was my highlight. As an Eels fan, I love Clint Gutherson. At the beginning of the season, he copped a lot of criticism from Eels fans. They didn't really like him very much. Whenever a player cops criticism, I like to take them under my wing. <laughs> and he's, I think, 22 years old and has got a lot of improvement in him. And last night I thought he had his best game of the year. I thought he was one of our standouts too. Well, he's, they've, they've moved him to the centres. Mm. So I know he started as a winger and... He last night he was very good as as you said, but we we look at Parramatta, we look at what's happened to them this year, and it's such a shame that unfortunately Mary they're going to lose their, their twelve points as early as as Monday they're saying. So um, all this hard work that they've put in, and with the loss of Kieran Foran and the injuries they've had with Brad Takarangi and and uh, Anthony Watmow, it's it's mm-hmm. a shame that all that good effort for, for the fans. It's going to amount to nothing, but um, maybe next year, Mary. It is a real shame, but I think what I've been able to take is that for the first time in many years, Parramatta are a team that are actually showing some ticker. Mm. Like in previous years, we'd get to the 70th minute, we'd be leading, and then we'd collapse in a heap. Whereas this year, despite everything that's gone on off the field, despite the injuries, despite everything else that's happened... We're still coming out and competing and we are competing against some of the top sides in the competition. Um, So that's been a takeaway for me. Uh, It's obviously going to be very hard this week when 
the penalty gets mm. announced, yeah. and I'm not expecting any leniency. I'm expecting the full 12 points to come away. Yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Can I ask yeah. you a question, yeah, Mary? Of Jared Hayne. If Jared Hayne <laughs> knocked on Brad Arthur's door tomorrow and said, I want to come back, would you take him back? If that meant a few other players had to be let go? No. No? No, I wouldn't. Um, I love Jared and I thought he was an outstanding player, but I wouldn't sacrifice what we've got at the moment to bring Jared Hayne back Ooh, in because I call. imagine he'd be big looking call. for quite a bit of money. And he's an outstanding player, but um, yeah, at the expense of, say, a Kieran Foran or a Corey Norman uh, or a Semi Radradra. They're sort of in the core of our team and I'd like to keep them. And right. at, at fullback, obviously Michael Gordon will be moving on, but then Gutherson, you would imagine, would go into that role. And he is a really promising young player. So would they rather invest in someone like him playing at number one than bringing Hayne back in there? Fletch, yeah. for you, would you just bring him straight in? I would, would, bring, I would bring him in. I definitely would. I'd, I'd play him in the centres. Mm-hmm. If, if they could afford him. Jared Hayne, to me, before he left, was the best rugby league player in the world. Uh, that, that game he played up in, in origin at that level mm. when we won the series. It was no coincidence that we won the series first time in nine years because yeah. Jared Hayne was playing. He is getting on at 27 or 28, but still I would be I would be doing all I can to have Jared Hayne back, especially the Eels. That's where he started. It would be a good story. There would be a homecoming. Prodigal I son. I think that's the hard part, like thinking if he were to play for another team and that makes me sort of – Uncomfortable. Mm. I don't like the idea of Jared Hayne playing for another team. I think it would depend on our salary cap situation, which really hasn't been managed. No, you're pretty good. You're pretty good at that, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. So I don't think he will be coming back to rugby league. Though he's been talking up going to rugby overseas and possibly France or Japan. So he, it's more likely at this stage, I think, to chase the money there for a little while, and then maybe who knows in a couple of years when they've got their salary cap and their their board in order, maybe then he comes back. Did you see that he's now the ambassador for Fiji? Uh, Airways. It seems <laughs> hey. now. It seems to me that the only reason he's been picked in this Fiji side because they had no sponsor, which is hard to fathom. They had no sponsor. All of a sudden, Fiji Airways is now the sponsor of uh. the Olympic side, and Jared Hayne is the ambassador. So whether that was a bit of a contra deal, I don't know. But um, I'd be very surprised if he makes if he makes that. Well, um, side for, for Rio. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Fletch, because if we think about the Fijian Rugby Sevens team, they're the best in the world. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't need anyone else coming in two months before the Olympics. What they need maybe though is, it, is, is the, a bit of publicity. Yeah. So Absolutely. even to have Jared Hayne sitting on the sidelines, even if he doesn't actually play, no. that's a massive boost for the Fijian team. So perhaps that's mm. the reason why he's – He's wanting to do that. Yeah, I think the coach, Ben Ryan, it was pretty clear, the Fiji coach, that he was not super on board with everything that had been happening in the wheeling and dealing mm. getting Jared into that team. Conspiracy so. theories. Yeah, I, I love it. It's there great. we go. <laughs> Early in the morning conspiracy. Um, what game are we most looking forward to for the remainder of the week? And there are a couple happening. Other than the Coogee Randwick versus the Marrickville All-Stars <laughs> out at Heffron Park today oh, at, uh, 11, at 11.30. Marrickville All-Stars. It's the netball under 12s. But who will be the star in the team? Uh, my daughter maybe, yes. Yeah, Scarlett Fletcher, <laughs> Miss Sanders. No. Um, look, I, 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 we were talking about Melbourne uh, and, and the Dragons down mm-hmm. there at Wynn Stadium. The, look, Melbourne Storm, they're sort of – I mean, we, to to take a uh, Des Hasler quote, snuck under the radar. They they're leading the competition, and a great stat at the moment. If it continues to go throughout the year, they're going to be the best defensive side in the history of the NRL if they wow. continue at ten point four points per game in defence. It's it's quite unbelievable so, what they're doing down there. So the, 
I was going to say, we always talk about the, the Dragons, how they're such a great defensive team, but they cannot score points. But you put it in context of Melbourne, who are a brilliant defensive team, and boy, can they put on the points as well as we saw last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And that's the difference between an average team that is probably not going to make the eight. The Dragons are my team, so I'm more harsher mm, on them. And the Storm, that. but, but <laughs> Cameron Munster is one that I think has just been outstanding this year, playing at fullback, obviously filling the shoes of Billy Slater. And the performance he pulled out last week, he just was absolutely turning the roosters on their heads. He is an outstanding player and they really, with all due respect to Billy Slater, they haven't lost too much there because he's been able to just mm. absolutely fly this well, season. Well, I think that's the thing with the Storm. I mean, we were always worried about what would happen when Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater and Cameron Smith, you know, got on in age and retired. What's happening at the Storm is the next generation of superstars are beginning to step up. So Tohu Harris, Jesse Bromwich, Cameron Munster, Vunavalu. They're the next generation, and the center, the centers they got at the moment, Melbourne. Oh, they're, they're, I suppose yeah. they're they've been discarded from from other from clubs. Parramatta, <laughs> both Chase, of them. Chase Blair yeah. actually played for the Roosters. He was mm-hmm. a SG Ball uh, superstar, and the Roosters had a you know they were, they were putting him in the first grade squad, and for whatever reason, he just sort of didn't make it. But as so often happens down in Melbourne, whatever Craig Bellamy does down there, they've got. Two guys playing in the centres who I've never seen them play better football. Well, they both played at the Eels. So Chase Blair was at the Eels for yeah. a little while and Ryan Morgan was at the mm. Eels a couple of weeks ago. And Ryan Morgan at the Eels, he was a favourite of mine, but everyone called him a very average footballer. He's throwing flick passes yeah. now. <laughs> He's a superstar. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know what – I think what he does down there, Craig Bellamy, he just says, righto, this is your job. You don't have to worry about anything else. Mm. Just concentrate on your own job and, and the rest of them, Cooper Cronk and – and Cameron Smith especially, will lead you around the park. But, yeah, they're, they're going le- – leading the competition with with, uh, with Cronulla, so could be another competition going down, down in Melbourne. Fletch, what do you think about Benji Marshall? We're waiting to see what happens with his future. Is it a matter of just sucking it up, taking a, a reduced deal with the Dragons? Do you think anyone else would want him, would – fit him into their team? Does he have a place somewhere in this Well, comp? I think as, as overnight that the rumours are that uh, Luke Keary, who was going to go to the Dragons, has signed with the Roosters. So Benji Marshall may have a reprieve in the sense that there's no there's no quality halves out there. And Benji Marshall, he's not going – he's not the player he was, you know, 10 years ago, but no one is really. He has to change his game. I still think he, he can offer something, but trying to dem- um, you know, command six or $700,000, I'd – just don't think that he's going to get that sort of money. Maybe the three hundred that they did table and they've since pulled the offer. Um, yeah, I'd be I'd be looking at uh, you know getting as what I, whatever I could could get off the Dragons. And Kiri to the Roosters, th- mm. that, that's significant for them. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, they've been crying out. Unfortunately, the Jackson Hastings Mitchell Pierce combination never really got off. Mm. To a um, never kicked off really. Where Mitchell had his indiscretions, and then Jackson. I had to steer the steer the ship, and I don't think that's his. He hasn't got that in his game yet. Um, he's only he's still only a young kid, um, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting because they're all under contract. Both of them, I mean, Mitchell Pierce has obviously signed a long term deal, and and Jackson Hastings is signed. So I'd, you can't fit three players in into the, the two positions. So we'll see what happens. Do you think they can beat the Warriors tomorrow? Oh, it's today. Sorry, today. Today, yeah. No, tomorrow, Sunday. Tomorrow, yeah. Are we live? No. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes I forget. <laughs> uh, look, the Warriors this time of year, we, we always, always speak about it. They seem to grow a leg and 
I don't think the, the Roosters can win over there. They'll need everything to go their, their own way. But in saying that, you, you can't tip the Warriors confidently um, ever. But that's the thing with this year's competition. I think it's a little bit weaker. And if the Warriors do well during this state of origin period, they could be playing finals. Yeah, well, they're, which they haven't done since they made the grand final, That's I think. That's right. Yeah. Mm. It, it is a bit like that. Outside of the top four, four teams, I don't see anyone else seriously challenging for the premiership. It's really open outside of that. And I guess that makes it exciting for mm. fans. Uh, but really, once we get to finals footy in September, mm. it would take something extraordinary for someone outside of Storm Sharks, Cowboys or Broncos to win the premiership. I would love to see Cronulla do it. I would love to. I've said it no. so many times this year. <laughs> Please, Cronulla. It would be amazing. Can you imagine the party in the Shire? No. I couldn't handle it. No? I'm a diehard Dragons fan. Oh, that would be oh, the worst possible tale. result. No. A fairy tale. Northies would be going off, wouldn't oh. it? <laughs> Northies would do its best oh, business ever. <laughs> ever. Now, there was very exciting news in the AFL this week with it being announced that eight clubs were successful in obtaining a licence to field a women's team in the inaugural women's competition in 2017. Uh, so there were eight clubs that were successful and they were the Fremantle Dockers, Carlton, Collingwood, the Melbourne Demons, the Crows, the Brisbane Lions, the Western Bulldogs and my team, the GWS Giants. Uh, so the teams that made a bid that missed out will be granted provisional licences and there'll be the idea to uh, expand the competition in 2018. I think my favourite comment of all came from AFL chairman Mike Fitzpatrick when he said, our game is on the cusp of changing forever and changing for the better. We're now lucky enough to be joined by Jess Cameron, uh, who now plays for the Melbourne Stars in the WBBL and also plays AFL. Good morning, Jess. Good morning. How are we all? Very well. How are you going? Not too bad, thank you. Now, Jess, how excited were you this week to hear the announcement about the teams that will be given licences for the 2017 competition? Um, yeah, I was obviously pretty excited like every other AFL or sorry, VFL player at the moment. Um, with, with the eight teams that are now being announced, um, it just means more opportunities for women in, in the AFL. So everyone's pretty excited and I guess we just want next season to start. Jess, for me, it, it seems more real now. So I was always very excited about the competition starting next year. But now that the teams have been announced that will have the licences, it all just seems like it's actually happening. Yeah, I think that's how everybody felt. I mean, um, I think when they first, first thought about this, um, they were thinking 2012. So um, to think that they're now into 2017 and that's when it's going to be is pretty exciting. And I think um, all those clubs, um, you know, have have obviously put in a really good bid and deserve uh, the team next year. Jess, it's Amanda. We know you as an exceptional Southern star. You gave that away last year. Why walk away from a professional career in cricket with the national team to pursue AFL and just focus on the WBBL? Um, I guess I just think, uh, you know, my headspace at the time when I decided to walk away from cricket wasn't great. Um, I think, you know, trying to juggle full-time work, have a family um, and also obviously... um, you know, play cricket, um, just got a little bit too much for me there and I couldn't give um, my teammates 100% that everyone else was giving at that particular time. So um, I just decided that at that particular time I just needed to have a break and, and sort a few things out. But you will be going on with the Melbourne Stars and the WBBL. So why have you decided to keep on that part of your cricketing career? Um, like I said, I think it was just my headspace. Um, I'm in a really good headspace at the moment and I feel like I can commit again to a, to a cricket season and um, yeah, I'm just glad that the Melbourne Stars decided to, uh, to put me on their list. In terms of AFL, what do you love about the sport? 
Um, I think it's just really, really competitive. I mean, it's such a great team sport and, um, yeah, I think just the physicality as well is um, what everybody sort of strives for. Jess, you made your AFL debut at age 26 for Diamond Creek and from memory you kicked nine goals on debut. What was the shift like from cricket to AFL? Um, It's completely different. Um, Obviously, uh, there's a few different skills involved. Um, I guess catching a cricket ball and marking a football is is quite similar, but um, the fitness level, I guess, is a little bit different. Um, You probably have to be a little bit fitter to play out a whole game of football than you are um, cricket. Not to say that you don't have to be fit to play cricket. Um, I just think there's a a bit more uh, involved when you're playing football. Jess, it's Brian Fletcher here. How are you going? Good, thank you. Jess, growing up, who was like one? Who was an idol for you? Um, I think, um, well, I guess Nick Rewalt. Um, obviously, I'm a St Kilda supporter, and um, you know, went and watched them play and stuff like that. And I think um, someone like Nick Rewalt and even um, Robert Harvey and, and Nathan Burke, I sort of looked up to as well. So um, I know it's all St Kilda players, but I guess when you're growing up and you watch um, the one team, you, you sort of get your idols out of that. And what about in cricket? Because I, I understand you're a, you're a leggy, you're a leg spinner. Uh, yeah, I used to be. I also threw that away a long time ago. But yeah, I did. I did used to roll the arm over. Did you have a doozra? <laughs> no, no, I could never. I just, I couldn't even turn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the Saints aren't in the women's competition. Is there a particular team that you would be hoping to get drafted by in the inaugural women's competition next year? Oh, look, I was pretty lucky that um, the Melbourne Football Club had me on their list in the um, recent um, exhibition game. So um, I'd like to see myself back there. But I guess um, you have no control over that. And any team to pick you up, um, I'd be pretty stoked with. So um, I'm just glad that Melbourne gave me the opportunity to, um, you know, show my skills a little bit. And Jess, what's it like to be to have been part of the academy and to play with, you know, women like Daisy Pierce? How beneficial has that been for your AFL career? Yeah, it's been very beneficial. I mean, um, I've had a lot of chats to Daisy over the um, last few months, I guess, when we were in the academy, just asking her sort of, um, you know, questions related to footy and where footy's at at the moment. It's it's changed a lot since I used to play. Um, And so I was just asking her about how it's all going at the moment and where um, sort of position myself on the field, I guess. And she's been really helpful. And um, we're pretty lucky to have someone like her in in and around, um, especially when younger kids are coming up now and they can um, have chats to her and um, aspire to play and be like her. Hey, Jess, the way Essendon are going in the AFL, have they reached out to you this year? Uh, no. Because <laughs> I reckon you, I reckon you can go better than some of them. <laughs> no, um, I, they're, they're in a pretty... Um, yeah, they're in a bit of a... a they're terrible, Jess. Just say it. They're, no, they're not, they're not terrible. Look, I do feel sorry for them in a way, but... Um, yeah, I guess in a couple of years' time, though, they'll be all laughing at everyone because they'll be up back at the top of the table. So um, yeah. they're probably excited about the years to come. Jess, I also wanted to ask, if we were to look 10 years into the future, what are you hoping that this AFL women's competition is going to look like? I'd like to say that every every team would um, be able to have a women's team. Um, I suppose 10 years is a very short short space of time, but I, the work the AFL are doing at the moment with um, all their academies and, um, you know, clinics and, you know, the pathways that the, the girls get now, um, I can probably see in 10 years' time how it would grow. Um, but, yeah, I suppose that's, that's, a, that's a really big picture. And it must be very exciting to see the sports that you love so much, being cricket and AFL, I think really being the leaders when it comes to women's sport. Yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky to be involved in both at the moment. Um, so 
you know, obviously cricket coming out and, and saying that they were going to pay their players um, to be professional is really good. And um, those girls really deserve it, considering they've won a few World Cups in the last couple of years. So um, they really deserve being paid professionally. Um, and I suppose that's what um, kicked every, everyone else in the bum and, and said, you know, come on, come along with us. So, um, yeah, I've just been pretty lucky that I'm in the two sports. So the next step for the women's AFL competition is that each club is going to be able to sign two marquee players and then fill out the rest of the playing group through a draft. Jess, we wish you all the best of luck with that draft process and we look forward to watching you play AFL and cricket for many years to come. (laughs) Thank you. Now we've got a very special guest joining us on the phone now. The rumour is that Queensland have flown him up to State of Origin to help coach the team. Good morning, Eric Groth. How are you going, everybody? Very well. How are you going? I'm well, thanks. I'm up on the lovely Gold Coast. The weather's a little bit warmer up here than down in Sydney. We're very jealous because it's bloody awful in Sydney. It's very, very, very rainy here. Yeah, I like to get up here and just get away from the the uh, miserable people Sydney weather sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fletch said that, not us. Uh, Guru, the first thing I wanted to ask you about was Parramatta. You must have been delighted with the win last night, as I was. But what are your thoughts on what's going on off the field at the moment? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty much just sick of hearing about it. They're just playing so well. It's just kind of good to see that. It'd be good for them um, to have their punishment handed down so then they can just kind of get on with life. It's kind of just up in the air at the moment. and A little bit, um, yeah, pain in the bum for them, turn up to train every day, not knowing what, what they're playing for. But... Um, yeah, it's it's good to see. You think that they just implode on the field, but that's actually had a bit of a reverse effect. So it's a bit of that siege mentality thing. I think it's uh, serves them well. No, I think it's that's sort of been the best part to see Parramatta show a little bit of ticker on the field for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. They've uh, strung a few together and they've beaten some top quality sides too. And yeah, with even with the you know some of the roster moved on. Uh, they're still, yeah, they're still getting the points. So I don't know if those points mean anything, but they're still getting a win, which is uh yeah, pretty surprising to see because it's the the complete opposite off the field. So it's good that they're yeah, kind of just distancing themselves from that crap and uh, yeah, and just and just winning, which is uh, good for good for the fans as well. Guru, it's Fletch. How are you, buddy? Hi, Bri. Hey, mate. We, you just you just touched on that off off the field. What is it with Parramatta and their board? I mean, it, there was there's been dramas when you were playing throughout the last ten years. Can you give us an insight on why? There's always trouble there. Well, my honest opinion on that is, I reckon ego gets in the way all the time. It seems to be more about the job title than about bettering the place. I, I just, being close to it, I watched. You know, when certain people, I won't really name names. Yes, you can. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll name everyone. Just use Program. pseudonyms. <laughs> no, Mr. I, X. Um, just it, r- it rhymes with people. Steve Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Shmeev Schmart. <laughs> right, okay, yep. Not names, but Shmeev Schmart and Tom Victor. Uh, just, just watching them, um, yeah, some people come on the board and, and kind of just, I don't know, the whole demeanour change. And it was more about the, the free parking space and the free meals and, and just having that job title opposed to really putting their head down, staying out of the media and just... Um, getting the job done, I suppose. Like, I'm not saying I could fix it. I'm bloody... I'm, I'm the you know last person to say I want to be the chairman or the bloody CEO or anything like that. I wouldn't mind the paycheck, but, um, yeah, no, I I don't know. I just, in my opinion, it's, it's when 
ex-players and crazy fans get on the board and, and just haven't really got good business acumen, they're running a multi-million dollar kind of business and, you know, when you haven't done that in any any previous appointments of the other jobs, it's hard for, how can you bloody do that, you know, at that level too? I've said that so many times, so I've always said that if you want to be involved in a rugby league club, there's a place for you, whether that be on a board, as a fan, as a member, in the administration, wherever, but you need to find the right place. And let's not kid ourselves. These are multi-million dollar businesses and you can't just bring people in off the street to run a multi-million dollar business. And that's, actually, yeah. you touched on something else as well. You were right when you said that people come in and their demeanour changes. It really pisses me off when people come into my club and say things like, I love the club, I want to do what's best for the club, and then don't do that. Like, the directors are still saying, I love the club. That's bullshit. You don't love the club. Piss off and don't ever come back. Yeah, that's uh, well said. I'm, I'm glad. Oh, far out. That's, I've never sworn on my show before, but Guru, you brought it out. No, I'm good on you, Gary. Look, I'm from Campbelltown, so I'm loving this. I um yeah I, I agree yeah, it's just it's yeah it's hard to kind of I'm not directly involved you know I wrote something on Facebook a while ago after some stuff they'd done to my dad and it just kind of got I probably let emotion get in the way a little bit too much dad's pretty quiet so he doesn't say anything so I kind of you know a bit got a bit of mum's side in me a bit of a loud mouth and I um yeah said a few things and it kind of got some traction and all that stuff and it looks like then I'm kind of standing up with a megaphone saying oh, I can fix the club or something I didn't mean that I just meant just watching it from the outside in and just watching the ego take over it's bloody it's bloody hard you just you just know what they're there for so you just say uh, I don't know hopefully hopefully they've seen the worst of it now and it can just go go up Mary so, sorry Gary, Mary that that passion you just um showed is that something we, you should be telling us about are you running for the board oh. you going to put your hand up nah. just, no not you nah, Eric not, not you Eric Mary be quiet <laughs> Eric oh, Eric it's not about you mate it's not about you it's about Flesh, Mary. if i'm honest yes. um i'm it's 20... McGregor there <laughs> <laughs> I'm 27 years old and I'm a lawyer um, and it is my dream to sit on that Parramatta board. Ooh, but here we when go. I sit on that board, I want to be ready. There are a couple of more things that I need to learn and a couple more courses that I need to do because there is nothing that I'm more passionate about than my eels. And when I sit on that board, I'm going to be ready. So you're a lawyer. That's yes. very modest, Mary. Very modest. <laughs> you're you. a lawyer, Mary. Yes, I am. I'm a lawyer and do Ladies Who League as my side project. The eels pro- could probably do with the line after this, I'll grab the upper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Fletch. I was just that? saying, if you're a lawyer, the Eels could probably do with an accountant. Oh, they, they could do up. with a lot of things. What yeah. they could do with is a big broom that we yep. could just use to sweep the place and start all over again. Well, That's you got we my vote. Hey, if let I was me ask a member, you guys, what do you, what do you guys think about privatisation? What do you reckon about that? It'll eventually happen. It's no inevitable, doubt. isn't yeah. it? In professional sport, it's the way it has to go. And I think there have been successful models of it in Australia. I think we're a bit too scared. Very traditional. There are a lot of clubs which are just mm. too traditional and scared of change and moving with the times of where professional sport is going. I think it's a good thing as long as you've got the right people in charge. Yeah, it just means less. Like I was saying, ego. Hey, it's just like less yeah. less people to deal with. Less. Um, yeah, let's see you go involved in the boardroom. The more and more I read about it, I didn't really understand exactly how it all worked um, until recently I'd really looked right into it and it seems like the only really way to go, doesn't it? But the only problem is with privatisation. If you're an investor, you, you want to make a return. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, the rugby league, there's only two sides that make a profit in the Broncos and the Bunnies. So you've got to have a lot of money and be willing to 
maybe to ha- make a loss. Make a loss. You just got to be a passionate fan. So I mean, there's well, a lot do of you passion. reckon? Do you reckon that out of all the clubs, let's um. Para would be the one that could do it successfully. Like now, the oh, yeah, Broncos but... have that thoroughbreds program and things like that. Well, there's no doubt that when Parramatta play on Fox Sports, it's a high. It's one of the highest rating games because. Oh, is that such... right? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Well, not really. I just made that up. But... <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's true. Um, but look at the bunnies with Russell Crowe and, and Peter yeah. Holmes Court initially. I mean, that's an example of how successful that was, having their involvement in the game and culminated in a premiership. So Absolutely. Why, why not? Why couldn't the Eels well, do who, it? Is there, a fan, is there an actor out there? Is there a Hollywood actor who's a fan <laughs> of Parramatta Eels? Yeah, yeah. Simon Baker. Yeah, that's Simon right. Baker. Simon Baker. No, 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 the mentalist. No, I said an actor. Simon, <laughs> Simon Nineball Baker. <laughs> Nathan Bracken's a fan. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. he wants to buy in. Ben Affletch, yeah. just, just confirm that you, that I'd have your vote if I ran Absolutely. for board. Absolutely. All right. If I, was a member, if I was a member, you would get my vote. As long as I got free parking and free meals as guru. As guru Do you know what, Fletch? I, out of my personal lawyer wage, would look after you for Beautiful. sure. All right? So Beautiful. we're done. Thank you. Now, there's another big game happening this week. State of Origin, where the Blues will head to Queensland to take on the Maroons. So Queensland lead the series 1-0 after their victory 6-4 in New South Wales earlier this month. Guru, what do you think that the yep. Blues need to do to win this game? Where are the points going to be scored? Oh, they've got to score some points. It's yeah. pretty low score in a fair last time. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're that far off. It's just like they're missing that little, just that little bit of magic that Queensland just seemed to always come up with. I don't know. It's really tough. I think you sit there and you pick it apart and you have all these you know, so-called answers to these problems. But at the end of the day, when they get on the field, it just doesn't seem to happen. So my guess is as good as anyone's, really, if I'm being honest. But I would have loved to have seen Wade Graham get a start. Unfortunately, um, JT threw his face into his forearm. Oh. Mm, and uh, grub. Yeah, cancelled him out. What a grub. <laughs> Typical grubby Queensland tactic. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess finding that right uh, firepower and... People who can score points. I think they've got that in there. It's just a matter of putting it together, and there's no tougher stage to do it than uh, Suncorp, especially when you're already 1 0 down, too. Guru, can you tell us um, for the listeners out there, back in, I think it was 2000, and what year was it, 2007, when you got an alter- altercation with Justin Hodges? What year was yeah, that? Yeah, uh, 2006. 2006. Was, yeah. Tell us, because you were teammates at the Roosters, um, not at that time, but obviously beforehand. Tell us a little bit about what happened out there. What happened was, it, I was a victim of my own um, big mouth, actually, because I'd always said to everyone, I used to live with Hodjo, and I, he used to just, you know, he's a bit younger, he didn't really respect the place, he used to leave his shit lying around everywhere, and I was always into him, like, mate, just, just move your shit out of the doorway, so, you know, people aren't tripping over when they come in, and, you know... And when you say, you know, when you say shit, <laughs> is this a um, metaphor for something, or is it, like, real, like... Species. Where, where are you going with nah, this? No, not actual. Not oh, okay. Actual, uh, We're talking like yes. bags and shoes, right? Right, okay. I, no Nate Miles yeah, just No, I was just yeah. wondering if you could clear that up. Just his footy socks, footy socks and shorts and stuff oh, okay. like that, which right. I actually would have preferred uh, what you were talking about <laughs> other than that. But, um, yeah, and, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. He was just young, and I saw him. He was playing first grade. I was playing reserve grade, so I was probably, you know, a bit jealous or whatever, and he was... um always holding people by the collar and putting his fist up like threatening them. And I used to watch that and think, if you ever do that to me, I'm going to punch you straight in the head. Like, because, you know, he's my mate, or, you know, I'll probably get away with it or whatever. But I'm not putting up with that crap. So, sure enough, bloody however many million people are watching, it comes to the point where he stole the ball off me. I got a bit upset and I put, kind of pushed him a little bit. He got up and he done the old, you know, grabbed me by the collar and put his fist up. 
And I thought, oh, I've told everyone I'm going to smack him if he does that to me. So if I don't do it, like I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a cat, and you know, I'd just throw a punch and. It was a good punch. Turned out it wouldn't have really, wouldn't have really done much damage to anyone really. There was a, there was a mozzie on his cheek, and actually after I punched him, it away. <laughs> Fletch, I want to ask you as well as a former Origin player, what is it like playing up at Suncorp? Because it's a completely different kettle of fish. Mm. Well, there's Queenslanders in the crowd for one. Um, <laughs> now, I, I made my debut 1998 at the Old Lang Park, and I've never heard a roar. I ran onto the field, mm. and I've never heard a roar. Uh, it was a boo, yes. obviously, when we ran out. Um, I've never heard anything like that. And it's just a crowd that the referees get on. It's very hard to win up there. Um, they play. They they grow they grow a leg up there. The Queenslanders. It it is as they said the cauldron because you look around, and it is one of the most intimidating places to play rugby league. So that's an advantage in itself. And then you've got a side. Was that your debut, Fletch? That was my debut. Yeah. Well, that was my debut. And Amanda, I'm hoping that the new debutants, after playing, you know, game one, will take a bit more of that experience into game two. What are you expecting from players like, you know, Josh Mansour, Matt Moylan? On the night, I hope that Matt Moylan gets the ball more because I don't think he had enough of it. Mm-hmm. We want to see him inject himself into the game a bit more second phase play, which I don't think they had in game one. Something that could be a potential stumbling block block for the Blues. It's emerged that Josh Morris has picked up a leg injury at training, and this could be big because we know how reliable he is. He's one of those experienced campaigners. There were question marks over whether he should be in the side. He was a late call up for Dugan, but I think that would be a huge loss if he is out. And then Dugan is still out injured. So then who do you bring in to fill him? Well, I would throw in the, the, the kid from Canberra. Um, BJ Lua. Absolutely. Look, he's, he, has his, he has his issues in defence and it is um, a, playing up there. Orange is, is a big ass to make your debut, but I think he's got that X factor. We're talking about second phase play. He's leading the competition in offloads. We need a player who's out of the box. He's got something different. And if we put him in, I'm sure Laurie could get him up for one game up there, and I think I, I think we need not, someone who stop being safe, eh? Yeah, we just yeah. I mean we talk about Josh Morris. He's a great defender, but we defended so well in game game one, and we still lost. We need to score points, yeah. and if BJ Lailua is going to be that X factor, mm. then bring him in. Yeah, well, Laurie, uh, Ricky still won't allow it. I don't know why. Ricky, Ricky, Laurie asked him to be the development player, and Ricky, in his ways, just said no, he's not ready, but. Maybe that's Ricky being a bit selfish. What about Jack him. Bird? Because there was a lot. A lot of people were upset that he wasn't picked on the bench in mm. the place of Dylan Walker. He could be that potential kind of X factor player as well. Absolutely, but I, I would suggest they would put, probably put D- um, Dylan Walker into that right centre. But yeah, Jack Bird. He he's, his time will come. He, he's a, he's a terrific player. And uh, well, t- yeah, Tedesco. Where are you going to play in the centres? What's your name? Uh, Moylan played above his weight, didn't he, in game one? He well, played really tough. Guru, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I thought Matt Moylan was a player that got quite unfairly criticised after game one. I thought, you know, he made a couple yeah, of mistakes, but he's a young kid. I mm. thought he had a really good game and sort of started to come into his own late in the second half and was sniffing around in attack. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I would have loved to have seen Tedesco back there, to be honest. But, um, yeah, he definitely didn't uh, let the team down. He, he was throwing his body into him and... He was everywhere, um, Matty Moylan. So, yeah, it'd be good to see how he goes up in this, uh, on this stage on Wednesday. And predictions for the game. We'll go around the room. Amanda, first oh. try scorer. Score, oh. tell us. What uh, do you think? I, I, can't, I can't go against the Blues. I'll say first try scorer. I'll go with Darius Boyd. Okay. But, I, but I do believe the Blues will win by two. I like it. Yeah. Fletch? Ferguson to score first and New South Wales by one. 
Wow. Matty I Moylan, like that. Kick a field goal. Yes. Perfect. Guru? All right, I'm going to say Jennings scored first try, and I think Blues by eight because they have to. Fantastic. I'm loving all <laughs> the Blues. panel. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what I like to hear. Guru, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. I just got 500 bucks on Queensland. Hey, <laughs> responsible gambling. Yeah. Have we got a sponsor? We got a, no, we not got yet. A, Fletch, can yeah. you help find us one? Yeah. No. Tom Waterhouse, give us a call, buddy. Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> Guru, thank you so much for joining me. Us, all Thanks, of us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to have you in the studio with us one week. Now for my favourite segment. It's time for Mary's Mix-Up. The first thing I wanted to mention was the GWS Giants because they've had a fantastic week. They're in action again tomorrow against the Bombers, but um, they had a big win over the Swans last weekend. They sold out Spotless Stadium for the first time. They eclipsed 13,000 members for the first time. And a young man kicked uh, kicked a goal at halftime for $100,000. Um, there was also the announcement of the successful bid for a women's licence, and Tom Scully has committed to the team until 2021. Go Giants for tomorrow. There's also been big news coming out of women's rugby this week with Bill Corp announcing its naming rights sponsorship of the Wallaroos and the Women's National Championship. Um, The Women's National side will also be playing the Black Ferns in a two-test series and this has never happened before in Australian women's rugby. So watch this space. The final thing that I wanted to mention was a shout-out to the girls who competed at the Rebecca Young Cup. Uh, this week. It's a seven-a-side tournament, it's full contact rugby league and it's played between year five and six girls. Our team came from Cessnock Public School and the girls had an absolutely wonderful day out. I think my favourite story from the day was there was a young girl in the team that admitted she was scared of getting hurt. After the last game, she went up to the coach to ask when the next footy day was. When the coach said, we're playing touch gala next term, she said, I don't want to play touch anymore. I like playing tackle now. So are they the next generation of Jillaroos? I think so. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. It's another show done and dusted. Amanda, thank you so much for coming in. It's It's been great having you. Thank you. And up the dragons and the blues. Yeah, up the dragons and the blues. I can get behind that. <laughs> and Fletch, thank you for making the time. It's been great having you. Yeah, it's been fun. Very uh, enjoyable. Thank you for having me, ladies. No, you're welcome back anytime. Now, make sure you all uh, listen, subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, have a great weekend. Up the blues on Wednesday night. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Australia Ladies, Ladies. Ladies.